Monster Life with Brent and Jeff. Just listen to your heart. That's what I do. This is the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Guess which one I am. <laughs> I'm Brent. Jeff's sitting across the t- I, I gave it away to Claudio. No. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi. Rupert. <laughs> we are here for another Alter Life episode, continuing on in our Colossian series. We've been having a great time. Um, and we just expect another awesome episode. Yeah, have we ever had a bad time in our series? No, we no. have never have. We always say those things and like, really, we're never going to be like, hey, we had a Really not a great time last week, but <laughs> you want to stick around this time because it's going to be better. Yeah. Um, but anyway, God is good. His word is awesome. You can't go wrong with God's word. He always delivers. His spirit is always present when two or more are gathered, and Jeff and I are at least are here, so yeah. we're in for a good time <laughs> in God's word. And, you know, not to mention all the rock and roll and uh, kicking it off with Toby Mac booming out your Stereo, 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 stereo. Stereo, <laughs> stereo. <laughs> so put your seatbelt seat buckle on if you're in the car, and here we go. Tonight's episode, we're going to finish chapter one of Colossians and move into chapter two. That's right. There were no chapter divisions when the scripture was written, so we're completely disregarding them by moving <laughs> through, keeping things in context. That's what it's all about. And we are in chapter one, verse 24 to start off tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about the work of Christ and how we get to share in it and how he gives us work to do and how he does the work through us. Lots of different things, different angles. We're going to look at it and it's going to be fun, but uh, we'll kick it off right now. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Paul's famous for this. You're like, how can he rejoice in sufferings? But he found a way and it's all through Christ and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. That's just a cool place to start off. You know, Paul talking about how he is sharing in the sufferings of Christ for the church, because that's his body. And Paul is eager to do that beyond a doubt. Yeah. The sufferings of the sufferings of Christ, you know, we don't want to talk about it. Um, but God has a, a purpose in it, you know, to, you know, I was just thinking about Second Corinthians chapter one, where he talks about suffering, and um, you know, Paul's talking to the Corinthians about that, and he says, you know, for we are afflicted. It is your. It is if now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And there's a purpose in it, you know, so that we can understand um, the God who comes alongside, and you know, the cons- consolation, you know, is paraclete the one that comes alongside and comforts you know so we can understand that part of who christ is and also for our salvation you know and i think paul looks at looks at the body here and he says you know in these sufferings in these things that that i'm going through i know the purpose in that is is that you can understand that christ comforts us you can understand that part of who christ is and you can also understand and be saved you know (laughs) ultimately is for the salvation (laughs) Of, and the redemption of the body of Christ. And that's a, you know, as he kicks it off there, just talking about su- his suffering in Christ and how he rejoices in that. And, um, you know, Paul's saying here, he rejoices in his sufferings for you. He's talking to Colossians, you know, for you. And fill it up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body. And he says the body of Christ being the church. You know, and I look at, think about my church, 
and I'm like, okay, would I suffer for them? (laughs) You know, but I think Paul realizes he's got such a heavenly perspective. I know we've talked about this many times on the altar life, but it, it just seems like Paul is always, his mindset and his, his heart is always focused on the eternal, um, weight of things and not so much his current materialistic pleasure, Hmm. you know, and his mindset's about, okay, what does this mean in the light of eternity? In the light of people getting saved, in the light of people knowing who Jesus is, and this mystery of the reconciliation of Jesus Christ and, and the blood and what he's done for us on the cross, you know? What does that mean? Um, and and I, 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 I want to be there, like with Paul. And I say that, and I don't want to be there with Paul, because I know... <laughs> You know, if you read about what Paul actually went through and being stoned and shipwrecked and a day and a night in the deep, you know, whatever, like the, the whole list and all the peril that he yeah. went through. I don't want that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what did that work out in him? A complete disregard for, you know, this world, knowing that to be with Christ is better and the weight that it had um, to the church so that the church could see um, who Jesus Christ was, man, that's an amazing, amazing thing. But I, you know, I'm a wimp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to suffer. <laughs> Raise a standard down south disciple, listeners of the altar life down south, Tennessee. Thanks for listening, guys. And glad to uh, be able to co-labor with you in the altar life. So, yeah, sweet. Cool. Thanks for bringing the hip hop flavor to the altar life. Tonight we got a few hip hop songs, so you can stay tuned, all you hip hop fans. Whoop. Sorry, I'm white. <laughs> I like Kevin Max. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Whoop! <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Sorry, that was my version of whooped. I don't know. Um, I think it's really cool that Paul takes ownership of what God called him to do. You know, I think a lot of times we we're like, "Well, it's God does the work, so I don't have to apply myself whatsoever." You know what I mean? Like, it's a that spiritual irresponsibility that yeah. we get away with in the church a lot of times. But he says, you know. I, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me. You know, like he, you read it and you can see that Paul's like, I can't believe this. This is for me to do. Like, he's like so excited. It's like when you, you have your kid there and he's like, can I help? Can I help? And you're like, no, 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 no. And then finally you're like, you know what? Here. And your kid's like, ah, this is awesome. I can't believe I get to do this. You know what I mean? And like, it's important to Paul. He's not like, ah, God's doing work. So I can screw it up and he'll fix it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's that, like, you know, that laissez-faire attitude that we take sometimes when we get involved in ministry or in the church when it's like, just by showing up, you know, I'm doing my part. And it's like, no, come on. Like, there's something, and Paul to the extent of even saying, you know, I'm going to be afflicted and I'm going to suffer and it's going to be for your sake and it's going to be great. <laughs> and you're like, wow, Paul, he really... He was willing to sacrifice a lot and to suffer for Christ because he saw he he saw it as some a gift, you know, that God was giving to him to take part in, you know, to be allowed to take part in his ministry. Yeah, and he looked at it as the church as being the body of Christ. You know, if Christ were here and um, you know, you'd wanna if he came over your house, you'd like be looking through your cabinet seeing what you could offer him to eat, right? Yeah. To take care <laughs> of your savior because you love him and you wanna, you know, you want to serve him. And I think, you know, that's the body of Christ is is the church in tangible form. And yeah. Don't you want to serve him? You know, don't you want to bless them yeah. like you would bless the Savior if he was in your house?
for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you. You know, and Paul recognizing that he's been given a responsibility and a calling on his life to to minister to, you know, the Gentiles. And, you know, like Jeff said, you know, we're all called for something. We've all been called for a purpose. You know, our, our good works have been all laid out <laughs> that Jesus wants us to walk in those things, that he's already started working out in us. And um, there's a stewardship to it, you know. So often, because we know that Jesus does the work, so often we might want to sit by and let Jesus just do the work and, you know, be a, a watcher and yeah. not a doer. And um, and I don't think God's honored in that. I think the way he set it up is that, you know, he works things in our hearts and then he works those things out of us and allows us to be a part of what he's doing miraculously. Yeah. And, um, you know, in and of ourselves, we would be complete failures but, you know, he he does the work and he works those things out in us and we're able to bless others because of what he's doing in, with our lives. And, um, you know, we're never going to understand that, but that doesn't lessen the call for us to actually um, work those things out as he's called us to them. Thanks for listening to our friends Brent and Jeff on the Ultralight. They rock! That was Paint the Town Red by Delirious with the blood of Jesus. Sorry, sometimes I like to continue the song after it's ended. This thing I do, people like it. I'm really popular for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never like that like joke when you start singing a song and someone goes, "Hey, who sings that song?" And you're like, "Oh, you know, oh, that was the lyrics." Yeah, why don't you let them sing it? No, I, hate, I, I hated that. <laughs> I was just like, oh. you know that that when someone's like, "Haha, chucklehead," thinks he can be funny about that. You know what happens? Punch to the face. And then an elbow to the face. <laughs> no, uh, we're um, being silly. You know what I do is I sh- I I, infl- I afflict them <laughs> with the sufferings <laughs> of my fists. <laughs> now, um, but in all seriousness, we're back in Colossians chapter one, finishing up the chapter as we move on in our Colossians series. This I just pictured a car driving off a cliff and <laughs> crashing and exploding, and all of a sudden the car's back on top of the mountain driving. <laughs> that was what that whole, that's that's what this whole segment's about. It just was a complete crash and burn, and then all of a sudden, like you know, like in a video game where your car just reappears because you have another life. <laughs> it's like... It's like when the guy's having, like, like, you think it's really happening, and then he, like, wakes up and he's, like, still driving. Like, it's a daydream, the whole thing. The whole scenario just didn't happen. It was just in his mind. Anyway, that's what most of the show is when it's not. When we're not talking about the scripture, it's just whatever's coming out. And God thankfully redeems it. We're trying, though. We're taking ownership of it, which is, you know, God allows us to share in this, which we're excited about. And hopefully you are, too. And you can share in the altar life yourself by going on our website, www.thealterlife.com. I don't think that's what God had in mind with the sufferings of Christ by listening no. to our show and suffering through every <laughs> every segment. I know. They're Trying like, to find some nugget of truth <laughs> to hold on to. Uh, the stewardship from God, which was given to us, which is this radio show. Hopefully we are honoring him with it because it doesn't seem like we are maybe in this segment. That's okay. <laughs> Gotta uh, have some fun. Yeah, that's right. He says... Uh, Bringing it back in, he says, uh, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, 
the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Paul likes to talk about this mystery and how it's been revealed and the importance of what we've been given as God's ambassadors. We talked about last week Jesus' mission, you know, how he came to save us, to reconcile us. And, and Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians, how we are his ambassadors, you know, pleading with the world to be reconciled back to God. And he's entr- God's entrusted that to us. And, and Paul's talking about his stewardship, which is to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. And, and we've talked about this in our Ephesians series, I think even a little bit in Philippians, about the mystery that's been revealed, that the Gentiles, people like me, people like Brent, could come back <laughs> and uh, be united as one under Christ. You know, it's pretty cool to think about that because... You know, we think about God's chosen people, but from the before the foundation of the world, what was hidden was that God desired to bring all people to himself. And Paul is really excited. He's like, yes, and I get to be the one that goes. You know, you think about Paul. He was going to places that had never heard about this before. You know, we, it's crazy to think about. People are like, what? Who's this Jesus guy? Yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to believe. The revivals that were happening are just crazy. Well, I guess they were just revivals. Because if they hadn't been saved before, you know, if there was no, you know, I don't know, this was like the first move to them, you know what I mean? They were Gentiles. It wasn't like they were finding yeah. a Messiah that they were waiting for. You it know, wasn't like they were Jews. once live and now dead and yeah. they revived again. Right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, Paul liked the Bibles, I guess. That's that's what we can take from this episode. <laughs> Sorry. It just made sense. That's it. Now we can be done. All yeah. right. See you next week. You all talk with my Jack. No. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you're right. And I like, you know, I, I think Paul really recognized his role and, and recognized the calling that God had on his life. And so often we don't know what our calling is. You know, we pray, God, use me. You know, what, what would you use me to do? And, um, and that's a great place to be is to ask the Lord, you know, what do you have for me? But when God's asked you to move and do something and serve him, do it. You're not worthy. No, you're not. And you're not capable. So don't try to think you are. Um, But he's so faithful and he wants to use you in your life. So follow Paul's lead and do that. Still to come on the Ultra Life. Error stays red. Thousand Foot Crutch. Sanctus Real. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. You're unbelievable. The Altar Life. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was I'll Tell the World by Ever Stays Red, and it's our unbelievable segment. As we do every week at this time, it's time to talk about something unbelievable. And what we discussed off air, but now on air, is something totally ludicrous, but it's hilarious, (laughs) is if our life was represented in the form of a video game. Not any video game, but like the 16-bit Nintendo or 8-bit, whatever it would be considered, the 2D video game role-playing, whatever it might be. <clears throat> Especially our work life. 
you know, our daily grind. Not like something crazy. Yeah. Not like something crazy or some weird supernatural thing, but like everyday life. How would that be represented into a game that you would want to play and accumulate points and win? And, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, pretty because ridiculous. Because <laughs> all those games had a score. Yeah. Like, <laughs> games right. don't have scores anymore. Like, yeah. you know, that's just like a sports game, right? Because, yeah. you know, you want to score all their go- more goals than another person. But all these games had like a point total, <laughs> like that added up when you did things. But you really didn't care about the score because <laughs> no. that wasn't the point. You wanted to beat it. Yeah, well, I, that's what I never understood about Mario is because they had the running score that you accumulated, right? And then, but there was also a time limit, and then you just you got to the flag and you won, and then it would count down the points real fast. But you're like, well, what are those points? Where did they go? Like, what did they right. accumulate? Right. So, in a work environment you. or in a school environment, how would that translate? You know, when you get when you get up, for you know, you have to eat your breakfast, and that fills up your life energy. So it's like <laughs> a pl- like a big egg. Like a, it has to be a, you know, open face, not open face, sunny side up egg, because that's the best depiction in right, a video game egg. universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be the white circle with the yellow circle inside, and you eat that up, and then your your energy goes up to 100 percent or 99 percent. Right. I guess you can never have 100 percent. And then you go to work, and you get in the car, and then you're oh, stuck yeah. in rush hour traffic. <laughs> you, so you get dodge. frustrated, right? And it's it's really, and then you can like bump people's cars, you know. <laughs> And people yell at you and try to jump out in front of your car, and you yell at them, and then their mouth just opens and closes, right. and their hand goes from left to right to left. But if right. you run over a curb, or if you you know bump someone's bumper or something, or you know you get caught in traffic, your power meter goes down. Yeah, because you're losing you're losing energy, and the time starts to come off the clock a lot faster. Like the longer you're in That's traffic, right. so you're like, oh no, I'm not gonna have as much time to get to the rest of the board. Then you get to work, and your boss starts just like throwing work at you. You know, you get to the end of the stage. And the boss is like throwing stuff at you. And you're just like <laughs> deflecting it with your watch because you don't have time for it. <laughs> your, your watch of power. It's or like, you're deflecting it to your coworkers. So all your coworkers <laughs> are on the peripheral of the screen and they just start getting knocked off their chairs <laughs> because you're just avoiding work. You know, it's, there's the one board where there's multiple doors and you have to find the right one to get to the end of the stage. But you to just get keep the- entering meetings accidentally and they just keep <laughs> taking you back to the same meeting. And you're like, oh. you, but until you find that right door that gets you out to like lunch, <laughs> you better stop soon because it's starting to become real. I know. <laughs> like I really want really this to happen. happen. This yeah. really happens to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a great unbelievable. Thanks for listening this evening. We are finishing up chapter one in Colossians tonight. We've been talking about just what what Paul knew he was called to, and um, you know, it came with suffering. It came with affliction. Um, he knew he was given the stewardship from God to share the mystery of Jesus Christ with his body, the, the Jesus's body, you know, the church. And um, just a challenge for us tonight to know that we're called, you know, that God's called us for a purpose and um, he's laid out all the w- good works and things that he's called us to. And he wants us to work those things out. You know, he wants us to strive and to, you know, to serve the Lord and to, to do things, you know, not just to be couch potato Christians and sit around and, think that God's going to use us from our lazy boys, you know, yeah. necessarily. <laughs> um, he can if that's what he's called us to, but most of us haven't been called to the lazy boy. Um, yeah. If you have, then you need to come and talk to us because we need to get you out of that lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> or if you feel you have. But, you know, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory and him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect.
in Christ Jesus. And, you know, that was Paul's heart is to to be able to say to the whole church in Colossae, you know, you can be holy and blameless and presented, you know, this way. Like we were talking about last week, you know, how the work of Christ has done that to be able to present us holy and blameless. He wanted that for everyone, you know, and um, that was the motivation of his life was to serve Christ and ultimately to serve the body of Christ. And, um, man, I, that that's what I want for my own life. You know, how am I serving Jesus and serving his body? Am I doing that? Brent was talking about with Paul, how he says, you know, we want to make known you know, the mystery that we would be able to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And, and I had said this earlier, but it's important to note that Paul is taking this very seriously because, you know, it's it's kind of like when Jesus talks about the, the shepherd and the hireling, you know, like the shepherd cares for the sheep, the hireling doesn't care. You know, he's just hot getting paid. I feel like sometimes in ministry, if we don't take that ownership and, and see the importance of what we're doing, not the outcome, you know what I mean? We're not talking about like, oh, well, like, when this is over, I will get the accolades. But just the importance of applying ourselves to this and saying, you know, like, I want to be able to say that, look, these people, I gave my life for them, and look how they're shining, and it gives God glory. You know, we'd be able to present them perfect. It means a lot more if you take it and you share, in, you know, share with Christ in that, and to make that work your own work. Not, you know, taking it and trying to do it in your own strength. You know, that's where, it, you know, the the have to serve and get to serve, that's a fine line. You know what I mean? That that mentality of I get to serve Christ to uh, I have to serve Christ. Um, but I, I think that's why Paul is able to say this with such, like, enthusiasm because he, he got it. He understood that he got to serve Christ and to do this and he took ownership of it. You know, and it's important for us that we and we had said it before. You know, not to get into that mentality of, well, it's up to God; He'll do whatever, and and I just get the points for being here. It's not, it's not that. It's it's so much more than that. Yeah, and there was a weight to it. You know, Paul was looking at this, and he, you know, he knew that what Christ did in his own life, and he knew how Christ completely changed his life and revealed that he was in complete darkness until the bright light shone in the road of Damascus. And Paul knew. You know, as God revealed these things about himself to him, you know, the way he, what he was called to do was work that out by sharing that revelation to those around him, the Gentiles around him. And, I mean, I really feel like as we are, as God is showing us things in our own lives, that we're working those out by sharing with others and blessing others as well. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Breathe into me by red. That's what we want. We want the Spirit of God breathing into us, living through us, so that what we do is what Christ wants us to do and what he empowers us to do. Because it says, and we looked at this back in Ephesians and Philippians, that the same power that was in Christ Jesus, raising him from the dead, is in us. It's available to us to allow us to do that work. And I think that's important for us to remember. Period. (laughs) Over to you, Brent. Yep. <laughs> says him. Says him. We preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And Paul says, "To this end, I also labor, striving." And you're like, "What?" Paul was striving. Yeah, yeah. striving. Yo, bro. Don't according strive. to his working, 
which works in me mightily. You know, he wasn't striving in Paul's working. Yeah. He wasn't striving in the things that Paul thought was good to do. He was striving in the things that God called him to do. And, um, you know, what have you been called to tonight? I mean, that's, that's the challenge, you know. And are you doing those things? Are you just striving down your own path? You know, because Paul wasn't going down his own path. He didn't want, wasn't doing this stuff so he could be popular. He wasn't doing this stuff so he could have a cool, popular, easy life. You know, he was doing this stuff and he got to the point of suffering and being afflicted and being stoned and left for dead and shipwrecked and on and on and on. You know, if it was all about Paul getting glory, he was failing miserably. (laughs) But he was striving a he was striving toward the thing that God was calling him to, and in that, there was so much reward that Paul was saying here. So, well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was Street Disciples by Nazarene Sect. You got your Bible? I got my Bible. I like that part. It just repeats <laughs> over and over again. But it's catchy. Yep. You can ask somebody, hey, you got your Bible? If they say, I got my Bible, you're like, yes. Nice. Um... <laughs> If you do have your Bibles, we're in Colossians chapter 1. That last verse just is awesome. It says, To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. That's my prayer, man. I, I want the w- what I'm doing and what I'm striving for to be according to what God is working in me mightily. Not, you know, kind of half-heartedly or, you know, like, I hope it's God working. You know, he's like, I'm... I'm laboring, <laughs> laboring, striving. These words that you're like, oh no, that's that's a little too radical for me. I can't do that. That's not comfortable. I know. And he says, according to his working, which works in me, God's working is inside of me. And I, he's like, I can't, I can't not do it. You know what I mean? It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You know, all the things that I used to have, used to care about, doesn't matter anymore. I'm pushing for something else, something that is the upward call of God that is far beyond me. It has nothing to do with me, you know. It, it's just crazy to think that Paul had this attitude, and he's just a man like us, and we can have that same heart for what God has, you know, what God has for us to do, and He's giving it to us. He's like, "Hey, here, share it with me. It's my work. I want you to help help with it, so that you get the blessings and I get glory." It seems like a pretty sweet deal, but it's hard, and it's radical. Yeah. I mean. <clears throat> worldly wisdom would say, well, why are you doing all that? Because what are you getting out of it? Like, you know, don't you want to, don't, don't spend all your time doing that. You should be spending your time figuring out how you're going to make your million. Yeah. You know, like seriously, that, that, that's what the worldly wisdom would look at your life and say, you know, why are you, and would look at Paul and say, man, you were, you almost died. Like you're nuts. Like, what are you doing? And unfortunately that's the mindset of so many Christians even today, like, man, I'm a Christian and I like going to church on Sunday, but don't don't make me give my life over to, you know, this work that you've called me to, God. You know, like that's gonna take. I, I won't. I can't serve. Then the Eagles game's on. Like, you know, seriously. Like that, that's the stuff that we're worried about. And God's like, you know, there's so much more that I want to show you, and, um, and there's so much power that I want to show and work through you. And you're worried about stuff like that. And I was just thinking, you know. We've been talking about serving the Lord, and we've been talking about, you know, what has God called us to in our lives? And I, and I wonder, like, you know, what would the church look like if we were all serving the Lord to the capacity that He's called us to, you know? And um, 
if we were living radical lives for him, what would that look like? You know, what if the more the norm in the church was was this? <laughs> you know, as opposed to the exception. You know, what would what would our what would it look like? You know, how many people would you know would every like it says here would every man be presented f- blameless before Christ at the end of the day? You know, I wonder. You know what that would look like, but you know. We can only start with us, you know. We can only look at upon ourselves and and say, you know, well, Lord, where am I? Where am I not striving according to what you've called me to? What What are the things that you want me to do? And if you don't feel like you're called to anything, then you know maybe it's time to look at your life and say, Lord, why don't I feel called to something? Because I know you've called me to do something, and I just want to be obedient, one step at a time. And I think that's where Paul was at. Yeah, I just think that when he's talking about this suffering, for he's he's like, I get to do this. Everything is about like, look what I get to do, you know, and, and that's what I, you know, I really struggle with this because I, there's so many things that I want to do and they might not be what God has called me to do. You know what I mean? You get like your own agenda and let's be honest, everybody has one. Everybody has like the, the ideal scenario for their life. Like if I could do this, I would be happy. How about Paul says, if I can be used by God, then I'm happy even if being used means suffering and being afflicted in my flesh and being kicked and stoned and beaten and all that stuff, you know, he says it's worth it and I will press on and I will strive because what's working in me, I know is not of me, it's of God. And I will do nothing to, to quench that. I want it to thrive and to be completely evident in the way I live my life. And that's how we should be. You know, we should live that altar life where we lay our life down and let God live through us. So with that being said, until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. The Altar Life. Music, true, real, period.